hello. You're listening to Sisters Assembled, a Marvel Theory podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie. And we're two sisters who spend way too much time talking and thinking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And now we want to share our thoughts with you. Every week we're breaking down a new topic relating to the MCU, from reactions to the Disney Plus shows and the movies, to deep dives on characters and important concepts, plus news and a lot of theories. Well, listeners, we are all done with new episodes of Secret Invasion, but that does not mean that we are done talking about all of the different theories and potential character development that is coming out of this show. Specifically for this episode, we're going to be talking all things Gaia, now probably the strongest Avenger if you go by a lot of the conversations that people are having online. So we're going to go through a list of her new powers and all of the different Avengers and enhanced beings that she now has the ability to tap into their powers for. We're going to talk about some potential storylines that could involve Gaia and also give our theories on some rumors that are floating around that a lot of people are talking about. So we have a great episode in store for you all today and we're super 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 excited to dive into this character even more because she's awesome so to kick us off i just want to get us all on the same page on all of the amazing abilities that gaia now has access to because of the harvest and the super scroll machine going down the list from a fantastic screen rant article that had them all i'll list it in the show notes below for you all to check out are ghost captain america corvius glaive Thanos, Outriders, which I had to look this up. Those are those like horrible beasts that are in Thanos' army. Proxima Midnight, Captain Marvel, Abomination, Mantis, Drax, Korg, Ebony Maw, Hulk, Chitari, Valkyrie, Thor Odinson, Gamora, Winter Soldier, Cull Obsidian, Frost Beast, Groot, and Extremis. And of course, those last four Gravik had gotten on his own. But that is quite the list. It is but I don't think I was paying enough attention to it before to realize some of those people were not at the Battle of Earth. Like who? Well, like people such as Ghost, we only ever see in Ant-Man 2. We have, obviously we know she's confirmed for the Thunderbolts, but we haven't actually yet seen her again. So I'm not assuming she's at the Battle of Earth suddenly. So I'm not where did her DNA come from? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point because we even talked about Ghost last episode. Because she used the phasing. Yeah, we saw Gaia use it. So I didn't even think about that, but you're right. She was actually not there. Right. Interesting. I also think you named a couple others that now that you said it, I don't think they were there either. I mean, I'm looking at the list and I feel like looking at the list other than Ghost, everyone there... Oh, no, Abomination. Yes, thank you. I was like, there was another big name you mentioned that I couldn't think about. Now, obviously not the topic of this episode, so I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But I will say, in our episode six reactions, we talked about what we missed. And one of the things that wasn't in the episode, or in any of the episodes, was the DODC connection. If that was a cut scene, that would be the connection to how... The Abomination DNA could have been in there because they obviously were holding him. We know his story from She-Hulk. Right. I just, because that was a cut scene, I guess we can't really consider it canon because it was only in a trailer. It wasn't actually in any of the episodes. That's kind of a random hole. It is. Yeah, those two, because everybody else I really feel like were there or Gravik got it on his own. But I think everybody else makes sense. 
Except for the Frost Beast, actually. Where Oh, no, that was also a Gravik thing, so never mind. But, you know, I, those two really do stick out. I don't... I don't know where they got those because they weren't listed on those initial four that Gravik got. So they had, and I remember ghosts showing up on the screen as part of the harvest because I clocked that and I was like, oh, that's an interesting cut because obviously we haven't seen her in years and she's clearly coming back to the forefront, as you mentioned with the Thunderbolts. But I was like, wow, that's like really random. Now, probably subconsciously, I was realizing she wasn't actually there, but without, you know, understanding that. But I don't understand like where they would have gotten it because even like, I'm trying to think like the Pims probably don't even have it. And even if they did, why would it be there present at the Battle of Earth? And that's what I was trying to think about because, and I don't remember the man who's taking care of her in Ant-Man 2, mainly because I think I've only seen Ant-Man 2 probably solidly twice. Lawrence Fishburne's character. Yes. And I can't think of who he is in relation to her. I don't remember all of that information, but- he single-handedly wanted to make sure she stayed away from S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of that stuff that the Pims were involved in. So I can't see how S.H.I.E.L.D. would have had that either at any point. Yeah, I'm really stumped on that one. And the Abomination too, like, you know, he was gone for however many years. Then the DODC had him and it's been so long since I've seen She-Hulk. I don't remember how they found him or how long they'd had him, but... Either way, he was not at the Battle of Earth. This was taking place before he resurfaced. So I just don't really understand where that would come from either. Yeah, obviously not the most important thing, I guess. But to me, it kind of is. I mean, Abomination, I don't think necessarily just because... And also, I would not want Abomination's DNA in me. Just just throwing that out there. He's literally called the Abomination for a reason. Let's just say that. Like, he doesn't know what he put in his veins. So I'm not really... I wouldn't want that in me. But his powers are very similar to a lot of the other ones on there. They're just added strength. So I'm really not bothered by his. But considering how powerful Ghost is in her phasing, and we very clearly saw Gaia using that, I'm just a little perplexed by that exact power. Yeah, I agree. And I didn't even, I'm so glad you pointed that out because I didn't even think about it. But anyway, she's got it. And I hope we get an explanation for it because I am stumped. That shouldn't have been in the harvest. But, you know, that's as far as we can go for now. We will, however, talk a little bit about the Thunderbolts because that's a whole nother theory that people are running with for now. We'll get to that towards the end of the episode. But for right now... The case is we just don't have an answer as it relates to how Ghost and Abomination's DNA ended up in the Harvest. But either way, even take those out. Gaia is one powerful lady. And she has some seriously insane powers. Not only, you know, obviously Captain Marvel, but some of just the strength level things. I mean, Thanos, that's like insane. She has the power of a Titan now. So all of that to say, Gaia has a potentially really bright future in terms of being in a lot of different things because she is so powerful. And as we saw with Sonya, a lot of people are going to want to ally themselves with someone who has that much power. I don't disagree with you, but I think my biggest problem with what's going to be happening here is how many times have we seen our very powerful characters need to be nerfed in some way? right? Yeah. Think about Wanda. Think about Thor. Think about Captain Marvel. Because again, 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 we keep coming back to the fact of, well, they're so powerful. 
what do you do? Truly, what do you do with them? And in preparation for this episode, and as I was kind of reading people's different thoughts and theories, that seemed to be the the question that kept popping up was, now what? What do you do with this very powerful scroll who, say she stays on Earth, she single-handedly can take down pretty much any threat that comes to Earth at this point. She is a pretty much 20 Avengers in one person, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and so it's like, what do you do? What What is the next thing with her? And it says she leaves Earth. Okay, then we still pose that question. And I think this is one that Captain Marvel gets faced with a lot and we are guilty of, but it's where was Captain Marvel when this was happening then? Why wasn't she here to help us? She's so powerful. She's supposed to be protecting everybody. So I feel like we not only almost face the same questions with Gaia, but we almost up the whole stakes with her too. Well, yeah, because to your point, like not only does she have the powers of a Captain Marvel so she can go off planet and literally travel anywhere she wants without a spaceship, she could actually single-handedly go find her people a new planet. Like, she no longer needs Carol Danvers or Nick Fury to go do that. She can just go and be like, guys, I'll be back and I'm actually going to do what they said they were going to do because I actually have a vested interest in helping you all because I care about you. I'll be back when I find us a planet. Boom. Done. Yeah. Like, that just solved the entire problem, really, of this show. So there's a lot there. And I think if that's not how her character moves forward, because realistically, like, Let's think about it. It's not. That's not going to be her storyline. They're not going to go have her fix this problem that easily because that's not how stories work. And that doesn't have enough conflict to make it interesting unless it's some one-liner in the Marvels where they're like, yeah, Guy is out searching for a planet with her new powers. But other than that, like, what's the point, right? So I say all that to say, like, that's not going to be her storyline. But at the same time, like, it totally really should be it's the logical conclusion of this show but we're not going to get it so that leads the question to be like what is going to be Gaia's next storyline yeah and I think too to your point there's a logical answer and then there's the fact that we're not going to nerf this character within one more property right we're not going to just write her off and and say that's the end of Gaia she's gone off with the scrolls scroll invasion done hands clean tied off, cool, awesome. That's not going to happen. And I do have to say, I think Marvel struggles with their really super-powered heroes a lot. They don't know what to do with them, i.e. Wanda in MOM. <laughs> uh, once again, they, they you know, open that door to the Scarlet Witch and her full-blown power, and the only way they could logically feel to use her was to make her the villain. And so I see, or like Thor being... Fat Thor, the entirety of Endgame. I was just going to bring that up. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't really do well with their superpowered villains. It's a shame because I think of people like Jean Grey, who I'm really excited to hopefully see one day. And obviously, we've seen the X-Men that have been created. And it's like, what do you do with the dark phoenix herself you know yeah exactly they always go immediately to the dark phoenix storyline because you can't have her exist within the universe without her being the central conflict that has to be defeated yeah you can't just have jean gray be jean gray and be like cool she's a member of the x-men because realistically like 
how much of a conflict is there when there's Jean Grey on the field. It's like when you're, you know, the Avengers, like imagine full Scarlet Witch Wanda taking on Thanos, you know, like there's no competition. She'd have had his mind warped so quickly, he'd have cut his own dang hand off. Could you imagine her against Loki? She single-handedly would have taken down the army and Loki. Yeah, with a hand tied behind her back. Like, there's nothing... When you have a character that strong, it's really tough to make a conflict feel like it has stakes. Yeah. Because you realize that with one hand tied behind their back, they could realistically take it down. I mean, think back to Captain Marvel in Endgame. Like, she took down the entire of Thanos' armada just by going through it. He tried to headbutt her, and she just smiled. And it wasn't until he actually killed his own people that they were able to actually, like, regain the upper hand because she's such a powerful being. You have to, like, take that into account because it's very difficult to create a powerful being that has stakes. We saw it in her, realistically, in Captain Marvel's movie. We saw it in Endgame. We saw it in MOM. We saw it so many times. And now you've taken a character who, other than Wanda, has those powers and umpteen others more. And it's just like, well, what's going to realistically stop her now, other than, to your point from last episode, Wanda, because that's the one character, notably, who's not on this list. Yeah, with the exception of those such as, well, and this would have been poor taste if Tony Stark was on that list. But obviously, Tony himself is not actually enhanced. Right. Same with Doctor Strange. That's a learned ability. So yeah, Wanda is the only one who, in her DNA, physically has the abilities. And so that's why- Oh, I guess to Peter Parker. True. That's a good point. Yeah. But they probably couldn't do that because of Sony. Like on a meta level. Yeah. That probably is a rights problem. But- it is worth noting that because don't forget like Spider-Man is more just like more than just sticking to walls like he's also incredibly strong and like there's a lot of layers to Spider-Man's characters that don't always or sorry Spider-Man's powers that don't always get explored other than like your traditional like web slinging and like all that which is like cool don't get me wrong but there's like a lot of layers to it can you imagine like any sort of hero also having the spider sense ability like the ability to understand that you're in danger and that like having that extra split second with someone like a captain marvel's powers like you could literally shoot the person out of the air before they even are able to you know say it's a plane or whatever they're trying to shoot a missile at you before they're even flicking off the switch you've already shot them out of the sky because you had precognition that they were coming like just the combination of some of these powers would have been insane. Obviously, the Spider-Man thing is theoretical because she doesn't have those powers, but take any two, realistically, you know? Like, there's just an endless combination of insane abilities on here. Yeah, and I do have to say, I am kind of glad, though, that a lot of them seem to be tied to, like, super strength Yeah, or things like that. And I know some people might be questioning why, you know... Why do we see a Winter Soldier and a Captain America? Why do we see, you know, I think there were a couple, like even Thanos and having some of his Dark Order and stuff like that. Call Obsidian and Thanos, I feel, are very similar in certain ways. I think at the end, or, you know, having Abomination and Hulk, I feel like, first off, we have to take that step back and remember, Fury had some weird plan for this. He, you know, just gathered all this DNA. He was not picky. He was not saying, not you. He just gathered who he could. We obviously have to take the step back and say, well, for logical reasons, they're not going to give them the Scarlet Witch. They're going to play with her longer. She might be a foe for Guy in the future. Somebody who could beat her. 
But you could also look at it and say, you know, people like Tony Stark and Doctor Strange would not actually add anything to the harvest. So that would be why they're not included, even though, you know, it technically would have made sense for everybody's DNA to have been gathered. Yeah. Same thing with like Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's the suits. Yeah. They weren't picky. They were, but you know, we get to take that step back and say, we understand why they chose not to go that way. Yeah. That makes sense. Still, I think it's interesting because to your point, you have these mixes, you have these interesting ones like Captain Marvel, and it makes me come to my main, I think my main question, which is, what are the limitations here? Because I said from episode five, once we learned about the harvest, ideally, I would have liked to see Gravik pretty much self-implode with the harvest. He had too much in him. I can't see how logically any of that DNA should be mixing and be stable, especially with extremists thrown in there, because that's just known to be unstable. I mean, just think about the Hulk and the gamma radiation. Well, and then Abomination's in there too. Yeah. And he's got a mix of his own crap. You got two different serum, uh, soldier serums in there. Yeah. I mean, there's Kree blood, which is also interesting because she's a scroll. That just feels dirty. That feels really messed up. I know. She has the blood of her mortal enemies. Who literally destroyed their planet. Yeah. And is the reason all of this has happened. Yeah. I mean, talk about gross if I'm Gaia. And then, like, you know, you think about things like, I don't even know, like, Groot. Like, it's such a weird thing, but, like, Groot has such an odd species right to like have that kind of dna ghost think about the type of radiation she underwent like there's just so many chemical and nuclear i mean captain marvel was literally hit by a massive explosion yeah of like kree blood and well not kree blood but the kree blood happened later but like of like insane energy like yeah and she managed to absorb it yeah the different types of energy that are going on in gaia right now like i guess maybe that's the way they stop her in the future is they say, okay, you use these powers, it will kill you, right? Like, isn't that kind of Ghost's thing too? Yeah. Like, she has to have the suit because it kills her every time she uses the powers or she can't control the phasing or something? Yeah, it's extremely painful for her. Yeah, so it's like, maybe that's how they take this off the table because realistically, you cannot have a queen-size chess piece like this that long. No. Like, think about what they did to Wanda. They had a queen-size chess piece and they took her off the, the board as soon as they possibly could. Yeah. Theoretically by killing her, though we all know she's not dead. But, you know, with Gaia, maybe that's the choice is, you know, she goes, gets some tests done, and they're like, actually, every time that you use one of these powers, it kills you a little bit. And you can either have the choice to continue to use them and kill yourself slowly, or you can not use them, find a way to extract them. I don't know. But either way, you're not going to be able to live with them long term. Yeah, I agree. I think to me, that's the most logical way. If not, it does just kill her. And that's eventually how they get rid of her character, though. I don't like that. Yeah. I like Gaia. I think she's coming into her own. Finally, she's out of her dad's shadow. She's out of Gravik's sh shadow. So I think, you know, to your point, it becomes pretty much a poison to her. I just don't think logically it makes sense to have, again, you said it too, that queen-size chess piece just on this board sitting. We've had this problem with Captain Marvel, and technically, I guess Gaia doesn't even compare to that. But I also want to understand, 
not just the limitations overall, but just the limitations of almost each power. Because I don't really understand how a little bit of DNA gives her pretty much full-blown Carol Danvers power. That doesn't make sense to me. That is so far beyond my understanding of science. Oh, I mean, same, but I just, I don't, that doesn't, that just doesn't feel right to me that it's pretty much secondhand, right? So it's, and it's not even a lot of her blood. Well, I guess it really comes down to however that machine was combining the DNA, right? Like, is it able to multiply the DNA and combine it with your own? In which case, you can have it be as potent as if it was a Carol Danvers. You know what I mean? Like, I guess we just don't know enough about the Super Scroll machine to really be able to say, like, this is logically how it worked, that we were able to amplify these powers from just a small strand of DNA, you know? But that, I think, brings up a whole nother question, which is, that machine is still there. Like, they didn't blow the compound, so who has control of it now? You know, (laughs) these are the questions that make me want to get up and walk out of the room sometimes. I know. Because I don't know. And I don't like saying I don't know. Well, and realistically, it's not as much of a threat because we know that the harvest has already been used, right? But... But is it not really a threat when you have Avengers that still walk the Earth? Well, right. I saw it on your face. The counter argument, of course, being that you can always get more DNA, not from necessarily those set of Avengers. Or from Gaia. Yeah, true. You know, so there's that opportunity. It's just that right now we don't have knowledge of anyone having that particular set of DNA. However, I will say some very important and very brilliant people are about to come into play. People like the leader who understand this and can use it for their own means, potentially. Like, I think we have to think about those type of characters who have that background and can do some real damage with this type of machine. You know, just simply putting this out there. This is why I love some of the boots on the ground. I know this isn't just boots on the ground. This has alien crap in it, but it's still very, well, it's literally on Earth. And it's just kind of interesting because you know how screwed up this stuff gets. Yeah. This takes us back to Cap. This takes us back to Hulk. I mean, Hulk is literally a byproduct of Captain America. I know. So it's so fun to kind of be going back there a little bit to be like, how bad can this get? Because you know when the science comes into play, it's always not good. Well, think about this. Like, if you look at Captain America's tree, he's responsible for three other people on this list alone. Obviously, the Winter Soldier in trying to replicate, the Hulk in trying to replicate, and the Abomination for trying to replicate the Hulk. That's three people from one successful experiment. Well, and then don't even begin to think about the dynasty it left behind. I mean, now look at what's-his-face John. Ugh. I say what's-his-face, but I know his name. I just don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I forget that he's still alive. No, and he's coming back. I can't... Sorry, I just... The Thunderbolts, dude. I can't wait for the dynamics on that team. You're doing great, Oh, there's one. Red Guardian. Oh, yeah. All the Black Widows. Well, the... Indirectly. Are they related to Cap? Is that what you're saying? Well... They're related to the Winter Soldier because of the programming they were using on him oh, on yeah, their super true. soldiers. Yeah. So indirectly, like there's actually a lot more to that tree. It's like the whole when you remove a cousin, even though I don't know what that means when you have like a second cousin once removed. Yeah, I never understood that. I don't either. I don't know how you remove somebody from the family tree, <laughs> but that's what that feels like. It's like the widows are like the second cousin once removed. They're definitely not 
direct, but they're still a byproduct. Well, everything starts with Captain America. Yeah. Like, you don't have Iron Man without Captain America. Correct. Because of Howard. So, like, you know, obviously that's the first in the timeline for a reason. It really kicks this all off. You don't have S.H.I.E.L.D. without Captain America. Without S.H.I.E.L.D., you don't have really any of anything that happened in the first Avengers. Without the first Avengers, you have literally nothing. So Cap, man, he's the center of the MCU. He's the beating heart and the foundation. That's my thesis for today's episode. Well, there is a reason why his movie is called The First Avenger. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying, like, it's not just, it goes beyond the Avengers. Like, everything that happens. No, I know. But yeah, that's kind of why it's so interesting to me, because I feel like we've gone in this full circle type of moment where it started behind the science experiment, and I feel like here we are with another... 10 times more intense science experiment. Obviously, we have some exceptions to that. We have people who obviously are here now who were not there during the Battle of Earth, such as Shang-Chi, Moon Knight, Black Panther. I mean, and and a lot of those guys- Oh, well, Black Panther was there. T'Challa's Black Panther. Totally. Just, they're also, like, those three are also not a direct ramification of Captain America, which is also interesting because they're also doing their own thing. I do just have to point this out. Nick Fury only made one smart move on that battlefield that day when he went and had those scrolls get blood. And it was absolutely avoiding touching the King of Wakanda. (laughs) And he knew how bad that was going to be. So he avoided that. And I have to at least give Nick Fury a little bit of credit for not taking the blood of a prince or a king. Can you imagine? Especially... Because of what happened. Yeah. Can you imagine Fury, not sorry, not Fury, Shuri would have ripped Fury's throat out to find out that he- Oh, any one of them, any one of the wonderfully powerful women of that country would have ripped his throat out for taking the DNA of him. Especially if you think about how hard Shuri had to work to recreate synthetically- the heart-shaped herb and she couldn't do it to save him and all that time fury could have potentially had his dna which would have had the molecular structure of the heart-shaped herb i mean obviously we know why he would not have been saved either way but still still yeah well and i just wanted to throw that out there because you brought up black panther but i want to pivot and get into this project blossom that taylor talked about and so before i get into that i want to say two things Gaia as a character doesn't have a lot of comic book precedents for us to go off of. So far, what we have seen in the MCU is very different than the parts of her we do know from the comics. So I would say Project Blossom, and like I said, we'll explain that in a second, is probably going to be the closest we're going to get to the comic book storyline with this character. But the second thing I want to say, and I don't want to stress anybody out, But I do just want to throw it out there that the director of Secret Invasion has come out in an interview and pretty much has been saying, you know, he did what he did in Secret Invasion. He has no idea if Marvel has plans for Gaia, pretty much for any of the kind of hanging threads that still exist and that have been created on purpose. So all of this is going to be full pretty much theory because we actually have no clue because Marvel does not currently have a plan for Gaia's character that we know of. So that shouldn't stress you out, but it kind of does for me, because who knows what's going to happen? Doesn't make me feel very confident in that. But I just want to put that out there, because as we get into some of this, you know, 
it's completely hearsay. It's complete theories. We don't know. And we might not know for a while where Gaia goes. And on that very optimistic note, (laughs) I do want to talk a little bit about Project Blossom. And the reason that I am so excited about this theory and about this potentially being Gaia's future moving forward is I think it actually really ties into a very important plot line from Secret Invasion and kind of would give that a name. So as we all know, President Ritson at the end sent out a message basically saying, hey, Skrulls, we know you're here. We're going to destroy you. And Project Blossom in the comics is essentially a program that was created to find and get rid of Skrulls. So what I really like about this theory is it could bring in this kind of more obscure project or more obscure like plot line that realistically like I couldn't find anything more about Project Blossom (laughs) other than that. And then there's some some research says that, you know, Valentina started it in the comics, but I couldn't verify that, you know, against a second source. So I'm not even sure if that's true. That's how much of a deep cut Project Blossom is that you can't even find sources to cross reference. And what interests me is that it would really bring in that President Ritson storyline of that hunting against the scrolls would bring in a little bit of Gaia's comic book storyline and actually marry them really, really nicely. I don't have any idea how that would actually play out because, again, like, I couldn't find anything on Project Blossom. But I think that I wouldn't be surprised if down the road we have that as a one-off mention or a little file, for example, in a future Captain America movie. You know, when we've switched presidents, maybe it's a leftover from this current president where we see a file on President Ross's desk about Project Blossom. That was something that his predecessor started. Just a little thing like that. And then maybe down the road we see and we get some sort of project where we see Gaia actually fighting against Project Blossom and, you know, trying to save scrolls from the hunting that's going on, that's the best I can do in terms of brand new theories, but it's something that I'm actually really, really excited about, and I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about it yet, so I think it could be an interesting avenue to explore. I think Project Blossom's a very obvious way to go, in my opinion. Clearly, you and I might be the only ones out there, because I also have to agree, I didn't see a lot of talk tying it back to the comics and maybe some of that is because Gaia is so different than the version of her we see in the comics but to put into perspective a little bit Project Blossom or I should say Gaia herself and the scrolls who she is with I don't need to get into the whole details of her them being a fake family and all that but they're actually part of the first phase almost of the scroll invasion so I actually kind of feel Like, that marries the MCU a little bit. I do feel like we're in that first phase. I feel Gravik is that first full phase because up until then, yeah, Fury was using them, but they weren't... There wasn't any animosity. They were just doing what they needed to do. They they were just following Fury. And so there wasn't, like, we needed to worry about the Skrulls as an actual threat up until, I think, Gravik made made them that way and made them definitely an obvious threat for humans. But... I think it'll be kind of interesting because it'll mirror mirror that first phase. And then, you know, and obviously this isn't going to happen, but Tony Stark is actually partially involved in Project Blossom. Yep. And the research and everything else on making it work. It's 
actually created using scroll blood. Gaia's daughter. Yes. I didn't want to get too far into the whole, she's a mom with a family, and but they're all undercover, and it's a whole thing. But yes, it's actually her daughter is abducted at one point on a mission, and her blood is being used to whatever power this machine or whatever to find the scrolls. So it's kind of interesting. I think there's a lot of potential, to your point, of bringing this in. I don't actually see why they wouldn't. I agree. I think it'd be dumb not to because you have a great comic book precedence. You see, and we're obviously going to do a whole episode on President Ritson and his proclamation next week, but you see that this war is only getting bigger. Yeah. It's only becoming more obvious, which is kind of ironic because I'm not sure that's what Fury was aiming for, but somehow he made it worse for the scrolls and said, bye again. So awesome character development. <laughs> we love it when characters learn from their mistakes. No, I literally, if for those of you who have read the blog post on episode six reactions, I was giving him ratings and he was a <laughs> one out of five on two out of three of the things I was rating him on on character development because <laughs> he was not doing so hot. Just saying. But yeah, I think Project Blossom could be really, really awesome. I think it's the clear way to go. I totally agree. However, it seems like the internet doesn't agree with us because there are really two prevailing theories for where people are saying that guy is going to appear next. So what we're going to do in this next section is basically say yay or nay, where if we think that, in our opinion, it makes sense for her to be there or if we actually think she's going to show up. So the one that everybody's talking about simply because of the area in which she plays in, I assume, is obviously the Marvels. The next project to come out in terms of films, obviously we know Loki is next on the calendar, but the next film is the Marvels coming out in November and a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe she'll show up there. Well, I understand the idea. I haven't actually read the articles. I just see the headlines. So I don't really know what their arguments are. But I would imagine it's, well, she's tied to Captain Marvel. Well, she has their powers. Okay. I do see, depending on how this whole power swapping thing works, I could see that maybe she gets sucked in there. Like maybe it's literally everyone with those types of powers because she now falls into that category. However, I'm going to go with Nay on this one. I don't think she's going to be in the Marvels. I think it's too soon. And I think those characters already have connections. And bringing in, I know she technically has a connection with Captain Marvel. And Monica. That's true. Neither one of them, though, have probably seen her in 30 years. So I just think my gut says no. I just think it's too early. And if the director is saying there are no current plans with Gaia, don't you think he would know if she was in the next film? Okay, so mm, you took all the words out of my mouth because <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. And I think I actually would have given a little bit more argument if I hadn't seen that the director was pretty much like, guess we'll wait and see what Marvel decides to do with this character. And then suddenly I was like, oh, okay, I love continuity. So I have to agree with your full statement. I think I'm going to give it a nay. I don't. I see logically where it makes sense, 100%. I really do. I wouldn't be against, I don't know how they're going to solve the whole that their powers are all connected kind of thing. If they're going to fully solve it, who knows? But assuming they do, this will throw this theory out, but I wouldn't be against it being an end credit scene where she kind of gets sucked into the mix of swapping around when they use their powers. I also don't think that's going to happen, though, also because she doesn't just have Captain Marvel's powers. So 
I'm going to go off thinking she has a slightly diluted version. That's going to be where I run with this until confirmed otherwise. So I just don't think she's going to get pulled into that. I don't find her appearing unless it's an end credit scene, maybe. And even then, we'll have to see where that end credit scene falls. If it's a direct after effect, if it's, you know, six months from now, whatever. So yeah, I'm a nay on this one too. Yeah. And I just think it's too soon. Realistically, it's just too soon. Now, I do want to address one thing with the director's comments because I vehemently disagree with some of his other comments. So I want to say we have to take them with a grain of salt. Obviously, the directors don't know everything. The director's also out here saying that they think that Rhodey's been a scroll since Civil War, he which is just patently stop. false. It's just wrong. Yeah. Like, no. Simply no. I know you're, and we said this on episode six, I know you're going for a shock factor, but at the end of the day, a lot of people have pointed out, Rhodey didn't seem weird until this show. We've never seen a character change in him until this show. And you pointed out the braces. We didn't see him without the braces once until the Falcon and Winter Soldier. It is wrong to say it happened after Civil War. It is disrespectful to not only his character, but just the storylines altogether. And I refuse to believe that. If that ends up being canon, I will go into a week-long protest. Because (laughs) that is insane to me and that's so wrong i can't think he wasn't there for tony's death nor his funeral nor his child let's remember that i know morgan needed all of the uncles she could get yeah well he wouldn't have been there at all for her if it's when if they're saying he was swapped at the end of civil war he doesn't even know tony had a kid oh dang yeah so no if they do that that is screwed up mark my words marvel i will be very very mad (laughs) well now that we've gotten that out of the way i brought it up because i just want (laughs) to no it's it's a good point and it's i totally agree with you like every time i see that headline of that comment i am enraged and i just like rage scroll away from it because i just refuse right you get like internally really angry (laughs) i just like my blood boils but i i brought it up not to have that conversation right now but because i think we have to take some director comments with a grain of salt because though the director has made this comment about gaia and not knowing her future They clearly are wrong about some other things. And though that's not necessarily confirmed, I think that there's very compelling evidence that Katie just laid out about why they're wrong. So we can use the director evidence and I think we can continue to mention it and include it in some of our arguments. But, you know, just mark it with a little asterisk that a lot of times the directors don't know because Kevin keeps a lot of it secret for a lot of reasons. So Just wanted to put that out there as well as maybe like a little devil's advocate move for Gaia potentially being in the Marvels, but that doesn't change my assessment that my gut says absolutely not. Agreed. The other place where a lot of people have obviously talked about is something that actually Katie brought up last episode, which is the Thunderbolts, because clearly she has the powers of a couple of the Thunderbolts and Valentina, who wasn't in any of this show you know, obviously is the leader. So there's some connections because it was thought that Valentina was going to be in this show. And, you know, she also kind of has, they have that kind of ragtag group kind of mentality or like reputation and definitely Gaia, who's essentially like a bargain everybody. Not really because she has all the full powers, but you know what I'm saying? Basically would kind of fit that vibe. 
I get it, but I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. And honestly, it's mainly because this group is a little too grounded for having a scroll. Yeah. And maybe this is where that gray area comes where we're kind of meeting cosmic and meeting ground at the same time and we're we're mixing them a little bit and they're kind of really weird to mix sometimes and I think this is a great example. I don't think first off, I think there's going to be so many personalities. Yeah. On that team. I mean between the three super soldiers alone, I just expect chaos. I can't imagine throwing a scroll who has not only the ability of all three of those super soldiers, but ghost abilities as well. Then you have Taskmaster, who is just a little weird already to begin with. She's like, she's like the bargain Gaia now, sort of, because she can replicate everybody, but she doesn't actually have their abilities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's just weird. I just don't see her mixing in there. All these people are connected in one way or another. Their stories are connected in one way or another. Well, except for Ghost. She's kind of weird. She's like the only real outlier. Yeah, she's a left field one. But she's the only one in my opinion. The rest of them, I mean, they all pretty much come from two works, pretty much. Yeah. So, I don't know. Feels too weird for me. Gaia feels like a sore thumb in that group. I also just, I'm starting to take the, any connection to Valentina with a grain of salt. We didn't see her pop up into this series. And, you know, Miss Sonia's doing some busy work, which we'll get to in a second. I'm just going to go with what I know and avoid saying yes to that one. I agree. And now for the last part, as you mentioned, our lovely and magnificent and, dare I say, majestic Olivia Coleman slash our bestie Sonia Fallsworth. I don't really know yet where Sonia's going to pop up. As we mentioned, she's kind of another one who doesn't really have a comic counterpart. She is kind of related to some people who are in the comics, but she herself, if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't actually exist in the comics. So she's kind of a green space in terms of where she'll end up. This whole thing is... Yeah, no, you're totally right. It definitely is. I think we're going majorly off book i don't think we're done with sonia because you don't cast olivia coleman and then say i'm only gonna show you up in a few or have you show up in a few episodes i think that's absolutely not what's gonna happen here however i honestly can't figure out how it's gonna work i don't know what these two are gonna collaborate on other than the only thing i can think of is if we get some sort of project blossom and she's her kind of eyes and ears for helping them evade this hunting i think we have to have this goes back to that theory i think we have to have some sort of project relating to project blossom because otherwise what's the point so i don't want you to hate me for anything i'm about to say oh no and i can't really give a good piece of evidence (laughs) but i'm gonna put it out there is it possible sonia is taking the place of nick fury And Gaia is just the first recruit. And for now, she's going to help her with the Skrull invasion. But then she has, or with, well, I guess Gaia is not currently invading, but with the war. And I'm thinking once that's done, Sonya's got her in her back pocket. I mean, she will have fed her resources. She will have probably helped her people on multiple occasions. She will, even to your point with Project Blossom, if I soak that into this, will be her eyes and ears helping her in places. So 
you know, how much debt do you owe someone when they stick their neck out for that? I almost wonder if that's Sonya's way of trying to create, you know, the next team. Because who knows what the heck is happening with Nick Fury, who just decided to go back up onto space once again because he learns nothing. But I just, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Do I want another team to get thrown together right now? No. But, you know, because we aren't quite sure where Guy is going to fit in next, maybe this is not going to happen for another five years. And... This is just way future planning. I don't hate it. Like, I don't necessarily want it to happen because, to your point, we have so many teams. Yeah. We theoretically have a Young Avengers. We have a Thunderbolts. We should, at some point, have a real Avengers. We will have a real Avengers. I feel like that's pretty much been almost confirmed, that Kang Dynasty is going to be completely, like, new team. Yeah, it's just a matter of when, essentially. Yeah. But, you know, so that's three teams right there. And... There is one thing I saw online, and and this is nothing to do with anything real, but it was a fan casting for a kind of British version of the Avengers, including a Captain Britain. So Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. And then there were some (laughs) other Britain-based heroes. And I think Spitfire was one of them. And there were a couple others who I'm not as familiar with. But I was like, that's so interesting because she would essentially be making a British Avengers, which, as we've seen in this show, Gaia has a British accent. So, you know, you can kind of almost bring her in there, even though it's not really indicated that she has any country affiliation. What does she care about our geopolitics? But I don't know, in my opinion, both her and her dad have English accents. So like, isn't he Australian? Half of them are Australian, half of them are British. But Talos is, I'm pretty sure, Australian. Oh, well, either way, they both have accents. But they're not the same. That's all I'm saying. I understand that they're not the same. I'm not trying to say that Australia is the same as England, but I'm just saying they're not US based. I understand your point. I just wanted to correct you on that. I'm not against having a British Avengers. I actually think it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of our TV shows go the opposite. Like I think of The Office, which was like such a hit in the UK. So they redid it in the US. And I feel like a lot of shows have done that. So it would kind of be a little ironic to have like the US based Avengers. And then we have the UK Avengers. I just think it would would be kind of funny. I'm intrigued though. You brought up geopolitics and this started getting me thinking. Say we run with this. And also just in general, because of where Sonya is positioned and everything, if the U.S. is going to war against the Skrulls, the U.S. is always allied with the U.K., which is ironic due to our history, but obviously current is very different than the fact that we said freedom. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but I'm thinking, like, wouldn't that screw up the Avengers geopolitical world, like, a crap ton and suddenly they wouldn't look so much like our current climate and start to really break things up you know what i'm saying because i'm not following your question (laughs) okay it's not really a full question but it's like okay sonia holds a lot of power in england correct yes okay i'm following so she allies her and her resources with the scrolls yeah but the u.s president is the one who declared the war on the scrolls yes It would put us on an opposing side with Britain, yes. Right, which is weird because we're almost always with them on everything because we're all the Western nations. A lot of us are all in treaties together. So what would that mean? And I know this is like not a politics podcast, (laughs) but it definitely poses that question of what the heck would that mean 
if that is what ends up happening. And then if you have UK Avengers come onto the board, that's also like a whole other realm that it's like, okay, now what? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good question. I think it would isolate the US a lot if our primary ally and everything decides to go a different way. I think realistically, if we're looking at geopolitics overall post blip, it's a completely new landscape. Yeah. Like I got the impression from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier that really borders didn't mean much during the period of the blip because why would it? Like half the people are gone. Half the reason we were fighting was probably gone because basically everyone was just in survival mode or like recalibration mode and i got the impression from carly and her squad of enhanced humans that there was actually a modicum of peace now i could be remembering that totally wrong it's been like two years but that was the impression i got so i guess my thing is like i need to understand more about what this post blip political landscape looks like before i can even say anything beyond it would probably be bad for us to go against our primary ally yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we wouldn't really be going against them when they'd be going against us. Yeah. Because he's already declared war, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm just curious with where Sonia goes with this, because it's like, we know she's going to be backing Gaia and the scrolls. Politically, that starts to blur some lines. I'm intrigued on why. I don't understand why. I see how they just stepped into Fury and Talos's roles. Yeah. I see the parallel. I see that we just passed the baton. And that's why I think I'm anxious to maybe say Sonya might be stepping into a more Fury-like role. And we're kind of seeing that next gen come. But yeah, I'm I'm not really sure what to make of the Alliance. I'm not really sure what's to come next. I don't know if this means Secret Invasion, you know, season two. I don't know if this means a whole other movie. I don't know if this gets layered into something else. And this is something I tackled in the newsletter, too, because I don't know. I don't understand what we're setting up, because as far as the slate, we're not setting up crap. Yeah, I think realistically, the most clear sequels to this will be the Marvels, obviously. But I think we cannot forget the next Captain America movie because it's going to deal with geopolitics. It's going to deal with the ramification of this president's decisions, I'm sure. I mean, anytime you change power, you have to deal with what your predecessor put in place. So if this hasn't been resolved by then, which looking at the slate, not sure how they'd do that unless it happens in the Marvels, but that would be a very busy movie. Yeah, I doubt that. Doesn't even look like they're on Earth for half of it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Then to me, those are the two films that are most likely to, even in subtle ways, move this plot forward to maybe set something up in the future because I do think it needs to be addressed in another project. But I think we need some more pieces, perhaps, to be in place before we can do that. And I think the Marvels and the next Captain America movie are going to be the best opportunities to actually set that up. I'm actually kind of curious, too, if Armor Wars is going to play into it. Only because of Rhodey. I doubt it, though, because what information will Rhodey have? He was asleep the whole time. No, I know, but I I just, I kind of wonder if he's going... We have a thought of what Armor Wars is, is going to be about, but that's not to say they can't layer in some of this plot. 
I mean, the government's tried to do the whole armor thing before. Hello, Iron Man 2. Yeah. And Hammer and everything else that went horribly wrong in that movie. So I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I mean, that's kind of the thing they have over the scrolls is technology, quite frankly. The scrolls, I mean, yeah, they have alien tech, but we don't see them using any of that yet. We have enhanced armor. So, and when people are wearing armor, can scrolls morph into them? No. So I don't know, just the thought process, just because Rhodey, like I said, obviously was in this, just the thought that that could be somewhere layered in that plot too. You know what? I I don't actually hate it. I think, you know, it could be like a C plot. I think there's going to be a lot going on. I think we are going to see in that the ramifications of understanding one, how long Rhodey's really been gone, but two, like him coming to terms with the time that he's lost and all of the things that have happened since then. I think that it would be crazy if they didn't address that, you know? So it's definitely going to be like, this show will be referenced. To what degree, I can't really say, but I think, you know, there, to your point, there is a possibility of kind of tying that in. I just, I don't know. That's That's so far out and, you know, changing formats every day. So you never really know, but I don't hate it. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's what I'm worried about, though, at the, in the long run, is how far out is this plot going to end up having to go? Because at the end of the day, I know we're all trying to ignore it, but Kang is still the big bad of this phase. I know it's been kind of an awkward, semi-radio silent thing since everything with Jonathan Majors has come out. We don't have answers for that still. But regardless, I mean, Kang's still coming. Some form of Kang is coming, so... I don't know. I'm a little worried that this is going to end up being that pushed out kind of thing. And this is going to draw on a lot longer than I think we all might think it will. I unfortunately agree. Yeah. And on that note, I don't think that there's anything else that we can really say. Yeah. On that amazing upbeat note of where we will see Gaia and possibly Sonia again. See y'all in five years. Because that's where I'm feeling right now. Uh, Until that time, we'll cover things like the multiverse. And timelines. (laughs) It's been fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a wrap, really, on our focus on Gaia and a little bit on Sonya and their features in the MCU. TLDR, we don't know. And we can only give you our best shot at some of these theories. As Katie mentioned, we're going to be continuing to cover some Secret Invasion remnants for the next week or so so definitely please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice if you haven't already also definitely check out the blog we have lots of extra information on there katie is apparently giving nick fury ratings on there so definitely check that out you can also support the show on our homepage, which we would appreciate because it helps us make the show better for you also follow us on twitter at sisassembledpod and instagram and threads at sistersassembled You can keep up with things we're doing. We're rolling out some cool new stuff in the next coming weeks as well on there. Just more things for you to interact with. Give us your thoughts. Give us your comments. Everything else. And as I mentioned earlier, we are going to be shifting only slightly. We will be continuing our Secret Invasion coverage for one more week. And that is going to be covering President Ritson and his war on the scrolls. What that means We touched on it a little bit in this episode, but we're going to go really in-depth, start figuring out what is going to come from the ending of Secret Invasion Episode 6. So make sure you guys are ready for that and stick with us for next week because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it.